Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Christ. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We're so excited to bring you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it. Here we are. Let's talk about it. Team. All right. No I in team for you sports people, sports fanatics. There's no I in team. But Kobe said there is an M-E me. <laughs> Kobe would, man. Jordan, Kobe Jordan would. said there was an I in win. There you, go. there you go. There you go. Oh, man, those guys, they would, they would, they would. But I think all of you could say this. As much as I know we've talked a lot, there's a big leap and a difference between being a staff pastor and a senior pastor, yet you cannot run your ministry without your team. You just can't do it. doesn't matter how much vision you have, how much know-how you have. You just can't do it on your own. Can we just talk about whether it's communication tactics, whether it's um, just creative strategies, whatever it is, to see your team become all that they can be so that they can see God's church become all that it can be. Um, everything from staff meetings to um, you talked in a previous episode about even getting away to recast vision yeah. with your team. And I love this thought, allowing your team to be a part of it. Let's start with this though, because we know that um, it's the elephant in the room and it's real. We all, not we all, you all um, have had issues with people on your team, um, either keeping the vision with you or you know how to uh, bring discipline and correction in areas. Just let's talk about this. What's some of the greatest hardships that you've found in having to lead leaders and lead a team? Ooh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think communication and unspoken expectations. Sometimes we get frustrated with our team that they did or not didn't do something. And I've kind of tried to train myself and our staff that if somebody under us doesn't meet our expectations, number one, look, did we communicate those clearly? Mm-hmm. It's surprising to me because we had a lot of people leave our church and go into ministry. How many young people are in ministry at a, in a staff position that have no um, job description yeah. from their lead pastor? Yeah. And they're kind of flying blind and they don't know is what they're doing is what they want. And the senior pastor is a little aloof sometimes. And I think the best thing we can do is be very clear in our expectations with the basics of a job description and then, uh, you know, constant communication, encouragement, attaboys, managing. Uh, on a weekly basis, what are some of the ways that you find yourself trying to communicate with your team to see them when? Well, we have a weekly staff meeting like everybody. Where what does that look like, though? Who's in it? How long is it? What do you mm-hmm. talk about? Well, once a month, it's our whole staff. And then every week, it's just the pastoral staff. And then we talk about, we always do some, we always share wins, which mm-hmm. have to do with our purpose. So it isn't a win like how many people showed up or it was good. It's a win that has names attached to it. Did somebody love God? Did somebody love people? Is somebody getting involved in serving? I want to hear names. And so we share those wins. And then we always build, do team building where I share vision or we're going through a book. And then we always do some planning for the week and the service and then strategic planning long term. I try to incorporate those in two hours a week. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. What did you talk about either? He talked about kind of two things. One, um, communication with your team or maybe not necessarily any stories, but any ways that you've had to deal with your team not aligning with your vision or coming against you or trying to 
you know, keep people on with you? Yeah, Dave, I think that um, a key is what Nate talked about with and the problems that I've had in, in go days gone by um, when I, there hasn't been proper communication or expectations mm -hmm. delineated. You know what, people that are just trying to, you know, what, grasp, they're going to be frustrated. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then at the same time, uh, there's a key. You know what, the, the best, the, I, I would say the men that are in this room uh, that you've been dialoguing with, that they've been good staff pastors. There is a reciprocity about that, that, uh, man, they've, they've been loyal to their leadership, and because of that, God's blessed them. You know, Jesus said the one amazing man that blew him away with his faith. Think about that. Amazing Jesus with your faith, <clears throat> faith was a centurion who understood that he had people under authority, 100 centurion, century, 100 people under his authority, but he was a person under authority himself. Mm -hmm. And God looked at him the, through the person of Jesus and said, you know what, this guy gets it. In essence, man, I've never seen such great faith in all the kingdom. And uh, it was because he understood authority. And I would submit to you, I would say this to every staff guy that's out there, that if you ever want to be over, you got to be under for a season. Yeah. And until you're under and loyal and faithful, even when it doesn't make sense, you know, the, the, um, the term in the New Testament that Paul gives, one of them describing a pastor is that he's an overseer. And I would say that the lead pastor, male or female, that they are an overseer. They have a perspective that nobody else has. Hmm. You know what? The youth guy sees his slice of the pie, the missions guy, his or her slice of the pie, the, you know, what the children's, their slice, but the lead pastor has a perspective that nobody else has. And when I recognize that as a staff pastor, you know what, I can share my ideas, I can share my thoughts, but I, I'm a huge proponent of, as a staff, man, understanding that the authority really in great part flows from the bottom up from yeah. the staff up, you know, and that's the way Paul said it. You know what? Uh, wives submit to your husbands. Mm. Children submit to your parents. Mm. You know, younger men submit to your older brothers. That yeah. That's how authority works. Mm. When we arrange ourselves under, that's the whole word submission. S arrange yourself under. And I think um, when I respect my leadership and God commands his blessing on me. And so I, I would say um, the issues that I've had in days gone by is really, man, I didn't communicate that value system or the expectations, mm. and then didn't share, you know what, uh, and I'll say this, David, you know what, our generation, we were kind of, hey, whatever the boss says, yeah. that, that's the way it is. You know what, <clears throat> uh, that we used to have, when I was saying to Nate on the drive over here this morning, when we had staff meetings, it was once a month, now, if you don't have a staff meeting once a week, you know what, you're, you're really behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. And people to, in this culture just have to be informed to be able to buy in. Mm -hmm. Before it was kind of, you know what, and I say it respectfully, dictatorial, but now it's, you've got you've to garner buy-in to be able to cast the vision to get yeah. them on the same page with you. Yeah, that's good. You know what I just heard from both of you, and I, I'm sure I, I'm, I'll cast it over here too, but 
I just heard both of you take responsibility in some degree for the actions of your team. You, you made it about you, whether or not you communicated properly, whether or not you set up correct expectations for them. You didn't talk yet about them towards you. What I found, I found that very interesting because as the leader, you have to take responsibility to some degree. Um, can you guys talk over here? What's the line between what you should take uh, upon your shoulders and what a team member has to take upon theirs? Where's the line between you saying, okay, I didn't communicate that correctly or I didn't set up the correct expectation. That's on me versus I did communicate it. They're just not being a good team member and they're, they're not aligning with the vision. How do you begin leading that correctly about with who should be on the team and who shouldn't? I'm going to let you go first. Because <laughs> we're, <about laughs> we're about to dig in a little bit more. I'm, I'm about to go a step further. Can you, re can you repeat that? Okay, let me give it. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm all ears over here. Yeah, let yeah, me give an I illustration. Maybe, maybe you can help me with this. Let me give an illustration here. NBA. Okay, do you, do you know much about NBA? I know you played ball yeah. a lot back in the day. So Why aren't you looking over here? NBA, you did? Well, baseball. Okay, that, that ain't... That ain't. What's, we don't like you like baseball. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, NBA, you have a GM. Yeah. The GM is all about putting together the right team. They're all about who should, shouldn't be on the team. It's team chemistry. Yeah. It's, you know, all of that. There's certain people that they could be the best player, but they just don't link up with the team. Sure. It just doesn't make sense. So, I mean, I mean, today, even in the NBA, GMs are getting cut and they're getting fired because they're not putting the right team together. What is the point in which you take responsibility as the leader? And it's your responsibility to communicate expectations correctly, lead your team, staff meetings, vision, all of that. And which, what is the point in which as a GM, you just got the wrong player? He's a great player. She's a great player. They just don't link with the team. How do you deal with all that? I would say most of the time we've we've hit it, you know, people that we've hired. Uh, we do a lot of hiring from within. So because of that, you're going to get people that match your culture. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be, generally speaking, natural chemistry. But there's been a few times where, you know, I know I have compromised on, uh, on our values because I see a talent, I see a need. And that's when I take responsibility is, is when I go, you know what, I needed somebody with a higher level of competency here, and I was willing to go for it, and I shouldn't have because in some of those meetings, I could tell the chemistry wasn't there, mm -hmm. the culture wasn't there, but we were desperate for competency, mm -hmm. so I put the person on the team. Mm -hmm. And I look back now, and I think, man, those were some of my biggest errors in leadership, and I've had to man up. Yeah. You know, and what I've done is like, you know, uh, you know, let's, let's look at this thing for the next three months. I'm sensing a lack of chemistry here. You're, the, the culture's not matching. Sometimes three months turns into six months, and that's when you really have problems. And most of the time, almost, almost always, when I've sensed that they didn't match the culture, mm -hmm. um, I should have moved quicker yeah. and just said, you know, let's, let's move on from this. Why now. didn't you? Uh, I think some of it was just fear that, uh, you know, I was missing it. It was my fault. I wasn't seeing it accurately. So, and I would say that was probably the main thing. Uh, just thinking, maybe I'm, maybe I'm analyzing this poorly. You know, he, this person sharing with me what needs to change at the church. So I would listen to that individual more than saying, no, you need to match our culture. So compassion. So sometimes, uh, yeah. what, so what really what we're taught here, it's a conversation. 
of culture <clears throat> over compassion. And it is this fine line because yeah. Jesus was compassionate. Sure. Yet look at how he even dealt with Peter. You know, like, can you speak a little bit into maybe culture over compassion and not keeping people for the wrong reasons? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus spoke to Peter and rebuked him and said, Give me, get thee behind me, Satan, because Peter was disabling Jesus' vision, his ministry, what he, why he came here. Uh, and if Jesus didn't rebuke him, but was felt sorry for him and, and you know, fully compassionate, he would have enabled Peter to disable him. Mm. And so um, I think it's so important to understand if he's not or she's not fitting into the, to the calling, to the team, you got to let them go. You got to be compassionate enough to say, hey, I'm sorry, this isn't a fit. Uh, I know for me uh, that happened uh, 17 years ago. I had a, a guy, a youth pastor on the outside uh, that was with me for maybe a year. And it got so bad, finally, I said, you know, I don't even care if I lose five families over you. Um, either you leave or I'm going to fire you. I mean, I just, you know, it just wasn't a good mix. And so um, I think one of the keys, though, that I missed early on is no matter if you're a church of a hundred or a church of a thousand, that pastor should always take time to communicate and to mentor. We don't have to spend all our time mentoring, but there should be no matter, you know, what size of the church you're at. I think most pastors say, hey, I'm paying you to do the job. Like what we came out of, Brad, more of a dictatorial. You're doing it, you know, I paid you to do the job, do it so I don't have to deal with you. No, it, the communication is so vital, so vital to communicate the correct vision. You can't just do that in one setting. You got to live that out. You got to yeah. tell him, hey, I am available anytime, anytime for you until that foundation is established. Um, I did that with the next guy that came on after the first guy, I had to basically let him go. Well, that same, that second guy's with me for 15 years now. Mm -hmm. And I spent time communicating. I became like a spiritual father to him. I still am. Um, in fact, I took an hour yesterday just mentoring him, communicating him, communicating some different needs and different situations and per personal things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I took him maybe two hours I spent with him yesterday. And uh, th that a pastor should never say, well, I hired this guy to do that. No. Uh, that pastor, he has the vision of the church. He's the one that's the overseer. He's the one that really un needs to understand how to build the foundation of his team. Mm -hmm. Nobody can do that for him. And uh, now for me, in the early days, I used to have staff meetings once a, year, once a week. Uh, now um, I have my uh, guy that helps me run administration. He has my director meetings once a week. That's my directors and my pastors. He does the administration, but I now, uh, once a week, I pour in maybe an hour, hour and a half, just to my pastoral staff. I pour into them 
combined as a team, I give them a word for that week. Mm -hmm. uh, but then every one of them know at any moment they can call on me, text yeah. me, I'll be there for them. Yeah, let me just add to that. I think that a lot of inexperienced pastors, including myself when I was younger, that we have is we think the compassionate thing to do is to, is to keep the person on the team. Mm -hmm. When really the compassionate thing to do is to let the individual go to another church that he fits better at, or she fits better at. Yeah. And it's even more, and it's more compassionate for the church. Because right. for the most part, the church knows the person doesn't match. And they're wondering, what yeah. are you doing? Why aren't you doing something, Pastor? Yeah. And you're trying to fit this person on the bus, and they really don't, they sh really shouldn't be there. I'm hanging on to them because I see some competency and I feel sorry for them. Yeah. And it's really hurting the individual. Yeah, and he said it so well. Anytime you have to, what is that, put a square peg in a round? <laughs> and if you have to keep trying to fit that, let them go. Let them go. That's a good sign to let them go. What's the, what's the point in which you, you see potential in someone and they just need a little bit <clears throat> more tender love and care to get them there? And the point in which it's like, you know, I just don't think this is going to be a good fit. What's some signs that you guys see? What's some things that you watch for and somebody to see see potential? And then at times it's kind of like, eh, I need to see you moving on. Yeah, I think uh, character. We can teach skills. We can teach times. We can teach. Uh, but when the character is not there, if there's if telling a little lie or I tried to call you and you didn't pick up or yeah. like all those excuses or I emailed you, didn't you get my email and they didn't email you? That stuff works all the time now. Like like when the character is marred, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't really work with that. Yeah, I can't really work with that. Good. Um, when staff people aren't truthful, I can't work with that. Lies that the enemy's called the liar, the deceiver, Satan. When you're in, when you start dealing with a person of God and they're not telling the complete truth that you can't deal with that I can deal with lack of comp competency or somebody that needs a little more encouragement or somebody leads them on help if their heart's pure right but if their heart's not pure and if they are okay with cutting corners on integrity you can't you can't teach that yeah and I think it's um also it's every one of us pastors have to judge each situation different where, you know, if somebody's been with you 10 years and all of a sudden they, you see a flaw, but you know you can work with them through it because we're all human, right. you deal with it. Yeah. You know, you deal with it. But Not a pattern. Not exactly. A pattern, right? He hit it. If there's a pattern there, mm -hmm. you, you just can't deal with Willie it. Willie George said, and I, I, I say this a lot, we don't grow. Churches don't grow because we don't let people go. Yeah. That there comes a point where you just say, you know, it's not a good fit. Let's call it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I and I think there's something to be said when a staff person doesn't have good self awareness. That's really hard to teach too. Yeah. And they just don't realize how they're coming off to the people you love. That I mean, we've all been where we're at a couple of decades. We love these people. They're families, and then they come off on them yeah, wrong, yeah. and you're just like, wait, what do you? Don't you understand how you? Yeah. Appeared? No. What are you talking? They're just clueless. That's hard to teach. Mm. They're right now yeah. categorizing emotional intelligence has greater right. importance yep. than a mental mental intelligence because you're is. talking competency and all of these things you know if you are emotionally intelligent if you are self-aware 
you can learn how to, you're going to learn how to serve your leader. You're going to learn how to fit the team. You're going to, these things, you're going to have, have that character intact. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, really emphasize what uh, Nate and Ann said about the, the shortcuts and the culture. People that can read a room, what you said, emotional mm -hmm. intelligence. And then I, I'm looking for a man or a woman on staff that, you know, they don't look to take shortcuts. They, they, they want to see the thing through. And there's high character. Mm. You know, what um, we're talking about, the idea of trying to teach ministry. Ministry to teach it is the easiest thing. Culture is the tough yeah. thing. Character is inbred, and it's it's developed over a course of time. But mm. if somebody, my issues with staff, I've had in 28 years, four or five, uh, David, quite honestly, and they've all come back to character issues. You know what, they... They shortcut on the um, on the integrity side. You know what one one guy uh, misrepresented where is where he was at. He he said he was going to a, a funeral viewing uh, in Canada, and I came to find out I was coming back into town, and he was really down at Cedar Point, and I heard it through a third party. It's close to Canada. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just a <laughs> jump across the but, lake. There. You know what? Those are bi I think. The, the, what Nate said is is spot on. Competency, I can give grace regarding that, yeah, yeah. but don't lie from, don't lie to me. Don't steal from the church. No. You know, yeah. don't steal time. Right. Don't mm -hmm. steal resources. Yeah, yeah. Right. Those are game changers and right. game breakers. Right. Right. But uh, the other things, you know what? And I would say, David, uh, that um, if I'm if I'm a staff guy, I would say this. I would say continuously ask pastor what do you want what 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 what's your expectation or what would you like to see here i'm facing this you know what 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 do you want to see mm, like played that. out i think that two-way communication is huge rather than it it just being you know what hey i'm the subordinate i'm understanding he's gonna or she's gonna top down me no ask the question before we ever get to the place Hey, I'm facing this. What would you expect? Mm -hmm. What What do you see? And uh, receive it. I, mm -hmm. I think those are huge. I think one of the another thing too is so difficult in the day we're living in. We partly talked about this a few weeks ago. I think Tex and I. Um, the to to build a team, and this is, gets very tricky. Um, on uh, who are they? It's like. I never want to be a dictator as a boss, but the question was, who, who are, who's your team members voting for in the polit politic world, you know, political mm -hmm. world? Um, because today it's very black and white. Um, do I want a team player that believes uh, in abortion? Do I want to, you know, uh, in, and to really even, it's become so politicized today. Wow. And it becomes so deep where there is a segment of strong Christ followers that I've even talked to that they might not agree with abortion, but they vote for it. Yeah, they vote for somebody who agrees. Right, yeah. and um, I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. And so that's another thing that, uh, for me, uh, I'll be right up front with you. There's no way I could hire anybody that's agrees with, that agrees with abortion yeah. 
or even votes for that. I can never, never hire them. Well, I think I think especially what we're what we're dealing with here is, although you know we talked in our our fi- finances one on one episode, the church is a business, quote unquote. You know, there's finances coming into it. We, we have to be responsible and a good steward of those finances. But in the end game, the church is the church. We're a body of believers. We're the body of Christ. We're mm-hmm. a ministry, you know, unto God and unto people. So from that, as you guys talk, character, integrity, all of these things, these are the things that have to overflow. And as you're talking about politics and all the things, especially now in a, in a coming episode, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. leading a multi-generational team. Yeah, right. Churches here, we're seeing it's it's Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, boomers, um, you know. And if you include if you include your dad, Papa helps with our senior. He's yeah. ninety years old. Then you got Busters. five. <laughs> yeah, you got five generations right there. But with that, now there's so many dynamics that come under that. Yet Huge. Paul tells the church, be of the same mind. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's something that you guys... But um, that gets very difficult it does. in these days. But essentially, I think that's what you guys are communicating, sure. is we, we are all taking on the same mind because we're asking for the mind of Christ. Right. So when you're looking to hire someone, for somebody watching or listening, and they're saying, okay, I'm trying to start my team, it's just me, I'm coming to a small church, or hey, I had, I've had some changes, you know, like I'm seeing youth pastors today, they come for a little bit, they take off, wanna do their own thing, and you're trying to get a team going. Tell me besides a position, we'll talk positions in a second of where you might start building a team. Tell me what you're looking for in somebody. A couple of you referenced that you built you build a team from within. You raise people mm-hmm. up. There's pros and cons to that. Um, yeah, yeah. You're dealing with families. You're dealing with different things. Talk any of the variables that you see, either building a team from within or even character things you're looking for specifically, mm-hmm. competency. What are you looking for? Well, at the end of the day, every team member, including us, everything we do, our life flows from our life with Christ. I used to ask questions like, well, tell me about your devotional life. I have devotions every day. I'm reading through the Bible in a year. Okay, great. Tell me your skill. Where I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on that one a little longer because I know that everything they do, everything we do, flows from us and how we know God. It's yeah. good. Our number one job is to know God. Right. Above all of, the, all of the skill sets that we have to have. It's good. And I want that for my staff. I want to see my staff coming out of the prayer room. I want to walk into an empty classroom and they're on their face crying mm-hmm. out to God. I want, I want to hear worship music coming from their office. I want to know that they are connecting with God, that they have a life with Christ. Because if they don't, then it's all a charade. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, you can't give what you don't have. And so, so my staff right now just blesses me. I'm bumping into them around the building. They're doing a prayer walk before, you know, for the weekend. They're going from yeah. room to room or... They're in a, a, a unlit classroom and the worship music's blaring and they're in there doing their thing and that, that kind of stuff just it just blesses me you know that I know that that's taking place. That's awesome. Any, yep. Anybody else? Key things you're looking for? Yeah, I was gonna say that's huge. I mean, it is huge. I think we've neglected that in the church in the last decade or so, and I'm, it's refreshing to hear that we're getting back to that. Where's your relationship with the Lord? I think it goes back to there was more yeah. emphasis put on how many hours you're putting in. Yeah in work than in prayer and, you know, connecting with God. You know what I'd say is it's a small thing, but I think it's pretty reflective. If a, if a staff member's in a service, you're preaching as the lead pastor, do they take notes? I mean, are they following along either in, in their, uh, their iPad or their, uh, their phone? Are they, are they, are they jotting something down? Do they want to keep growing? Yes. Or do they feel, you know, I'm, 
I'm a pretty good catch for this church. Yeah. Or do they realize, you know <laughs> yeah. what? I, I, I want to grow and God's got something greater for me. Yeah. I know I haven't arrived. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think just the attitude. Two things that we've recently really challenged our staff on is just what you're talking about. Don't let nobody beat you to pre-service prayer, you know, and uh, just the old spiritual end of things. We've really raised the bar. Yeah. We want our staff to love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the other thing would be we want to love our church. Yeah. And uh, we're spotting silos a lot, a lot better than we used to where ministries maybe three, five years ago were popping up and they were loving their lane uh, more than the, than our church. And they were talking more about their area of ministry, but not rock church. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's you true. can have your own method because you're using a different age bracket or you're, you're targeting a, a, a different area of ministry. That's fine. Method is fine thing, but you're going to be having the same mission and there's not going to be any silos. Uh, we've been policing that a lot, a lot more lately. That's and we good. want you intentional. Are you going to love Jesus and love rock church? Yeah. Something, yeah. something, let me just say this, not as an expert, but as a staff member currently, that um, I look to see with our team members as well as myself, as well as I just think it's what younger leaders need to know. I think when you see somebody on, that honors their senior pastor, I think that's a huge indicator mm -hmm. of a lot of other areas of their life. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's something we teach all of our interns here at Gateway. Like we go out of our way to honor, not me. Like right. I'm the pastor directly over them and that, you know, in that... Lane, but honor pastor, his wife, honor the leadership. Like I even want them to know who our deacons are, things sure. like that. Like I want them to know these men and women of the faith that they have like, they have done so much for the kingdom. Sure. Honor that. If you learn to honor that, God will honor you. We, we need to honor our staff too. And um, it's amazing to me how many staff haven't had raises in years, not even cost of living. I mean, if we don't do those things, I think that's a lot of reason. We give youth pastors a bad rap. We say, oh, they're gone in a year <laughs> or they're gone in two years. But if we want to keep people, we've got to go to our boards when it's mm -hmm. salary review time. And that better be every single year or yeah. budget time and say cost of living is 1.9 plus. Let's keep this guy around. Yeah, sure. If we're if you can, I mean, you can't yeah, yeah. take pie yeah. out of where there's no pie. But if there's yeah. money there, we have to honor them. A staff person called me once and was talking to me and was upset their senior pastor hadn't had them over or had a cookout or anything like that. <laughs> so I'm a senior pastor. I just simply said, have you ever invited your senior pastor and his wife to your house? Right. Yeah. Well, no. I said, you know what? Sometimes staffs only get together with their senior pastor if you're on the clock. But you expect us to go out of our way and entertain what? It's insightful. You know, I mean, yeah. if you reap what you sow, man, yeah. have your pastor and his wife over. Oh, they wouldn't come there too big. I go, I bet you a hundred, hundred bucks they'll come. And they exactly. did yeah. they have a great relationship. I've never turned on that a free dinner. That honors <laughs> both ways, man. That honors both ways. But we set the example too. I think the biggest thing with the staff and trying to get the right team is always remember, especially in the social media world we live in, always remember they're a reflection of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, uh, you got, yeah, that's huge. that's huge. Guys, these are some great thoughts for real. I know this can bless some people. Will you just pray over, um, pastors, leaders right now that they're like, man, I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. You know, I need to build a team or man, I've had some people burn me or I know I haven't lived up to my end of how I should have led. And they just want the anointing on them to do what God's called them to do. Will you pray on, for I'd them? Be honored. Lord, we come to you today and we just mm -hmm. thank you that um, 
we don't have to go it alone, first off, yes. that you are the paraclete that walks alongside of us as pastors and as staff members. And Lord, you are uh, the one that is guiding us and directing us. Yeah. But also, Lord, I thank you that we are co-laborers with men and women in the kingdom. Yes. And I'm praying for pastors that you would give a unique spirit of wisdom yes. to yeah. them right now. Yes. Lord, for the lead pastors, that you would guide them. They would see, Lord, maybe some of their deficiencies mm -hmm. and uh, proficiencies in others that can compensate for their misses, if you will. Lord, I, I pray that you would give divine wisdom mm -hmm. to, uh, to church leadership. Lord, when to add staff, when to add staff by faith before ever the need is ever present. I pray that in the name of the Lord. I pray for staff pastors that uh, they don't sense the calling right now to be a lead pastor, but Lord, they can be the best associate pastor yes. that yeah. uh, they could be for your yeah. glory. And Lord, I pray that they would uh, arrange themselves under in a spirit of submission. Lord, that they would honor their leaders mm -hmm. and uh, give, Lord, the respect that is due them because, uh, Lord, you're going to honor that in their lives. Yes, Your word declares in the book of Samuel that you honor those that honor you. And, Lord, the people are honoring you by honoring their leadership. I pray, Lord, there would just be a grace that is given to our pastoral staffs even this hour. Lord, I pray where there's been division, there might be unity. Amen. Not uniformity, Amen. but unity, Lord. Yes. And uh, that's a beautiful thing in your sight. Mm -hmm. I pray, Lord, where there has been uh, grounds that have been um, uh, charred because of disunity in days gone by. Would you heal those churches? Yes. Would you sovereignly bring from the north, the south, the east, and the west men and women that want to wash the people's feet and mm. just be servants? Raise up, I pray, servant leaders across these airwaves. Yes. Lord, yes. renew the calling and lead pastors. Uh, Lord, I pray, start the calling in those that are willing to be associate pastors. Mm. And uh, I just commit the men and women that have watched this unto you. Lord, may they glean from these men that uh, have been through some rigors. I pray that uh, churches might become stronger and that, Lord, it might translate to souls being changed because they see a staff that yes. operates in a kingdom mindset. And I just uh, ask these favors in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.